Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of Show to View with Mike G, the show of life, the show of love, the show is the Rumbes Mezcal, Raisia, Soto, all of the amazing spirits in Guadalajara, Mexico. Today's guest is the Indiana Jones of Mezcal. You know, that's one of the things I like to dub Mr. Esteban Morales Garibi of 400 Rabbits, of La Venenosa, of Durumes Mezcal, of La Higuera Soto. There's lots of things that this guy has done. He's been a chef. He's been an inspiration. He's been an adventurer. And he brings us some of the most amazing Mexican spirits that have ever been conceived. And he was recently in Austin, Texas, talking about the new six labels of Durumbes Mezcal, one piece from different states in Mexico. And the wide gamut of flavors are just incredible. And just visit him at his amazing spot, 400 Rabbits, there in Guadalajara, Mexico. This is the guy. He is honest, he's creative, he is a sage. So, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Esteban Morales Garibi, La Venenosa, 400 Rabbits, Duromas Mezcal, and so much more. Um, I think it was very natural in... Um uh, when I finished high school, I went to live in Europe. Where in Europe? In London. You did? Yep. So did Sergio. Yep. Yeah, similar, right? Yep. We are the same, exactly same age. Oh, really? Like, we are, we born in 81, yeah. both of us. Yeah. He's an Aquarius, though. We didn't <laughs> been in the same school, but we've been having uh, mutual friends, like, all life. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So we know each other for a long, long time. Yeah. So did you hang out? Were you flatmates and stuff in London? No, no, no. In London was diff- like one year of difference. Yeah, okay. And so we spent all the money that we saved working there in traveling. Yeah. So in my 19 years old, I was in India, Nepal. Really? Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia. And almost all Europe. So that type of experience makes me feel the itch right and also makes me feel bad that i spend all that time in other parts of the world before knowing my own really country so when i get back i wanted to eat it all yeah like all mexico and all the parts of every single part of mexico but it's a huge country right how many states now 31 31 yeah but so many interesting places to be. Right. So um, uh, I spent many times traveling around Mexico. And I found in the kitchen, also as a work, a really good place to explore Mexican cuisine and, and be creative and enjoy being with people. Yeah. So for the past 15 years, I will. I work in the kitchens and traveling around Mexico, uh, looking for flavors and for 
experiences in, in, in mouth and that opened many good experiences with mezcal. It does, it kind of eventually leads to mezcal. It can, you find this thing. So my father, he was a chef for a long time, a restaurateur as well, part of the hospitality industry. When you talk about your folks and that family, was there any kind of roots no. in food? Nothing at all. Um, so you're the first. Yeah. And I quit. You quit. <laughs> <laughs> so my, uh, my grandmother and my mother, they are great in kitchen. Yeah. Like they love to cook and they put so much effort on that every day. But it's, no one is dedicated into the commercial right. uh, part of the food. And, and I think I choose to work with food because somehow it gives me the chance to be creative and sell mm. and don't, be, don't feel bad about it, to, don't, to charge for the food that people eat. Right, right. Like because sometimes in the arts, in the creative, um, you know, it takes, it's a complex thing to, to, to make a business from you are. a picture, yeah. You know? it's, but in the kitchen, it's, it's like easy going. You can be creative. You can just choose this as an art of yeah. express yourself. And you never feel this um, awkward position of make a business with your creativity. You know? I like and that. Uh, so it's a comfortable outlet to be yeah. expressive, but also say, well, obviously, we've got to charge something for this. Yeah. But like painting a painting is a little yep. different, isn't it? Right? It's like, exactly. well, I don't know what this, what's market rate on this painting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so what it, when you set out to London, you found food, you found flavor, but was there another path that you were seeking out? Were you trying to be a businessman? Were you trying to no, be... No, 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 no. Uh, that also brings another interesting part. Like, I wanted to study law. Law, really? To be a lawyer. Yeah. Come on, you know... As you, you roll have... your eyes. <laughs> So my mom comes to me one day and says, hey, I know some of your friends going for a sabbatic and working in London. Yeah. Like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> like it's she, a question and a statement like, at the same like time. For, like, she, she pushed me to, like, have an experience of life without yeah. just jumping to the college and do the university and without any reference, you know? It was yeah. very... They're clever. They know you. <laughs> and... And of course, that changed everything, you know? Going out there and experiencing the world and traveling. And, and I, I, I just see that you don't need to be a lawyer, a doctor, or uh, something that the society expects from you. Yeah. So you became more free. That's amazing. So, yeah, it was a really good experience. But I, I was not there looking for business or nothing I, it was very naive way of trying to look the world mm. travel but you know it's interesting too so some people i think this happens in texas actually quite a lot people grow up in a neighborhood they grow up in a city and they've been there for a long time and they feel comfortable with it and they don't then feel inclined to go explore the rest of the world so that kind of inquisitive nature to explore to learn to be uncomfortable, does that come from the family or was something for you that's like purely creative and just a way that you wanted to approach the world? No, I think uh, we are five brothers and sisters. Yeah. So each of us is completely different to the next. Um, 
different timing yeah. you know different moments of life so you wanted to take it all on and visit and see and taste if i didn't know yeah that i wanted that but once i been there like so close like london at that moment 2000 2001 was really healthy economy they didn't the mexicans doesn't exist there as a illegal uh, population or something we don't have a, a statistics as oh, a, interesting. Yeah. yeah so you don't have this car like this stigma yes yes as the you might have in the states right that, exactly oh yeah in the states more than others so also we don't need visa so you just buy your ticket and you entry You know, it's how like, long can you stay if you do that? Six months. That's great. Yeah. So it was easy, super easy for us to just save the money, take the flight, go there looking yeah. for a flat to share <laughs> with other folks and find a job. Yeah. Obviously, my English was horrible, a little worse than today. <laughs> <laughs> But. Uh, I hear you loud and clear. This is great. I get to understand everything. That's good. I'm trying. <laughs> Maybe the, the, the verbs and some timings are not good, but okay. Yeah. I'm a Mexican. Don't push too much. <laughs> <laughs> and learning the streets. So I've yeah. never been in the school learning English. So um, I'm trying to do my best. Um, I work in the kitchens and I fall in love with the vibe of aggressivity, yeah. heat rush yeah like the pace of life when you're in the kitchen i fucking fall in love with the kitchen yeah. big time cleaning plates yeah. even i'm enjoy to wash plates even today like yeah i really enjoy it so for that reason i come back to mexico and look forward to to open my own uh places or yeah my own kitchen to learn and explore and My exercise of learning flavors was very interesting. I learned to draw from the very early, like painting and all the really? arts. Like, so I start eating the, the raw materials for the kitchen to make my brain understand flavors so I can play with the flavors as I play with the colors. Oh, that's like beautiful. Colometry, like if yeah. you use yellow and red and then you get orange and depends on the amount of mm. each of one you have a different types of orange so the same happened for me in the kitchen so if you use a little more of this if you use a little more of that you get a new flavor or, prof or texture or right. things like to, that you know that is i think one of the best ways to do to do flavor i i hear notes that's i, I think of musical all the time yep. you see colors was there a painter or an artist that particularly influenced you when you think about how you want to express color? Magritte. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky fucker, isn't it? <laughs> And um, obviously, surrealism take me. Yeah. Just the, the idea of the, the contextualize the things just get me. And it, <laughs> you become buried in the paintings. You're immersed in it. You know what I mean? Some of those works are so big that you just kind of find yourself falling and slipping <laughs> into the, the colors themselves. And, but also the, the forms and um, ah, the freedom yeah. of the artists that they can just play where they want yeah. in a 
in any material they choose. I really enjoyed today some of the ready-made objects that they decontextualize. It's yeah. like kind of a, the surrealisms in the beginning, like yeah. with a little contemporary way. But, ah. I lo- but I love it because you use that as kind of a foundation for how you build flavor. Exactly. So coming into Mexico, was it an easy expansion for you to start your own restaurant, to start your own kitchen? Uh, I'm, I'm lose that question. Can you make? How long did it take you when you came back to Mexico to so finally get into food? I'm arriving late 2002 and take like uh, six months of photography. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, I entered into the University of Industrial Design in January of 2003. Yeah. And I opened the, a little coffee shop outside the university like three months after. Really? Yeah. Coffee shop? How big? That Super car. Small? Car. <laughs> it was a car. Just, it was f- shameful that in my uh, campus, it was architecture, um, graphic design, industrial design, um, cinema, photography, yeah. all these careers that encourage you to see the world because you have to build your reference. Right. And it was just like Café de Olla, no? And, and I wanted to, to have an, a beautiful express <laughs> and a perfect latte, you know, right, after right. being traveling, it was impossible to me to understand why in this campus that is very important in terms of art and global vision, yeah. we didn't have a good food. <laughs> That's a great point because it's just an art form like the rest of those things. Exactly. So I buy my first Faema in 2003 and uh, open a little car with expresses and coffee. So I work all the day in the morning making coffees and then yeah. jump into university in the afternoon. And, and then uh, a little place they get to rent. Uh-huh. So I jump to uh, a bigger place with kitchen. So I do Still coffee? Still coffee, but, but also food and stuff. breakfast and lunch. Really? Yeah, outside the, the campus. Yeah. So I'm start playing with my own, my own way to cook. So very fast, all the teachers were my clients. Like no way. More than the students. <laughs> because they can afford <laughs> a really good piece of meat and, yeah. a, and a salmon. And a, I didn't care about the students. I wanted to just play in my kitchen. So I'm a, I learn in my own way. I'm a very bad student. <laughs> Did you finish? So I quit. You quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes that's what it's about. You find the real thing yeah, that yeah, actually yeah, makes yeah, sense. Uh, all the, all the teachers that give me the good notes without doing nothing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I was feeding them. <laughs> so I spent five years and now I just make the, the half part. Yeah. So I opened another bigger restaurant, like 200 seats in 2006. So small coffee shop in a car, expanded spot with coffee in a kitchen, and three, 200 seater in 2006. So number three. This is... You, 
do you feel like you're moving too fast or do you just feel like a natural progression to do more and to think more both <laughs> but you never know you are moving fast until yeah. you fucked <laughs> <laughs> but in every every time that you fucked it up you learn more than ever yeah so. yeah that's incredible how was this spot so when I think of the cuisine styles in this largest restaurant to date for you. It was a fun, not the line. Yeah? Some Italian, some Mexican, some Thailand, some uh, Vietnamese. It was fun. Yeah. And full of color and pop and objects and like a lot of textures. And it was a place that... Um, I don't know, should you, once you go in, like yeah. lights, color, textures, aromas. It was and your a, own gallery. And a cousin that is also a crazy guy. And um, industrial designer too. And amazing cocktail menu. Like many friends that also live in London, they work in cocktail yeah. places, like with the big names there. So we invited them to make the the cocktail there which in 2006 it was still not a thing yet it was the first the first thing and this is in guadalajara in guadalajara yeah it was a a, a theater you know three yeah. stations three bartenders like two barbacks shaking like fresh fruit yeah. more like an, a tiki approach without the tiki glasses mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and the garnish but very fruity um because it was the moment at that moment like London was getting out of the tiki, but we just Starting. came from there. And in Mexico, you have an amazing fruit. So we wanted to use all these yeah. uh, amazing fruits. One thing I, I'm curious about, it takes money to do this stuff. Yep. How did you, do people just say, yes, you're the guy, I'm going to give you money. How did you get funding for these things? I think when the people show you focus, Yeah. They don't have a fear to invest on you. I see. You got a vision. You've got a passion. I'm focused. Like, fucking work you asked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What was that place called? Gulala. And how long did that last? Or is it still open? Six years. Six years. Five and a half. Good mm. gig? You enjoyed it? We make a lot of money, but also we are very young and we drink it all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, same old story, it seems like, as I enter my 40s. Imagine, I was 26 years old. Gosh, 12, 11 years ago, something like that, right? Yep. What Even lesson more. did you learn? Did it close because it, the, it's not a failure, right? We, but like, no, we, we broke uh, the relationship, my partner and I, and with that broke, we just broke the vibe. Yeah. No, it was um, hard to understand, but... It takes me like a couple of years to Find understand it. What were you doing in that period where you're trying to figure another restaurant? Out? Another restaurant. <laughs> I keep myself busy. <laughs> I cannot stop and thinking. Yeah. I'm stop and thinking, but I cannot stop working. Yeah, keeping busy. I I like to keep my mind busy. Yeah, my mind is a crazy thing. So. If I don't keep busy, I can get mad. <laughs> I feel that way too. It's like 
Can you sit at home and just watch TV? No. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in a empty box. Yes. But it has to be late. Yeah. And but I prefer to don't. And I just choose other activities to keep my mind like focus and not thinking in a whatever, right. you know. <laughs> do you get time now? I mean, and we'll talk about these projects even more, but do you get time to decompress? To relax. Ah, definitely, you do? You do? definitely, okay. definitely. I, I think for a long time, restaurant was my life mm. style, and cooking and 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 manage the restaurants. But my wife hated. Don't like the lifestyle. The, she doesn't like the service. She doesn't like the business of yeah. restaurants. So every time I having a crisis in the restaurant, it was double crisis. It became oh, a she... crisis in my home. So. She pulled me out somehow to sell, to get out of that business. But at the same time of the restaurants, I was building Raisilla, mm. 2010. So this is happening all kind of... Uh, I jumped, sorry, yeah, in the timeline. <laughs> no, it's but in 2008, working in Gulala in this restaurant, um, I visited one of the famous... Uh, wineries in Mexico for their party of mm. every year and the knowledge the knowledgeist received all the guests with a mezcal mm. so that question I make the question like why this guy that is the, the like the rock star today in the enologist they receive us with a mezcal something yeah. is happening no a, so I come back to Guadalajara and I'm start just researching and asking about what's happening with Mezcal and result that this guy was a partner of a project so I'm asking him to give me the distribution of that project in Guadalajara and they do. Is it a brand that's still around now? Yeah, Alipus. Oh, you, yeah. what? Really? Yeah. What? All right, well, I got, you've had your hands in about, just about everything, it seems <laughs> like. So I learned about the terroir and the different villages that the Alipus work with and the, the master distillers of Oaxaca. I fall in love with them, but also yeah. I wanted to to taste more. So I had a, um, a mezcal from Michoacan, a mezcal from Tam, uh, without certification. It, sure. This was just with my my folks, my dudes, I own restaurants in yeah, Guadalajara. Yeah. So we get together and we just sip mezcals and trying to convince them to put it in the in their menus in yeah. in their uh back bars and also guerrero and azotol and so did, did you have any kind of relationship so for instance lots of folks i've talked to in the tequila industry they grew up and they, they had tequila around the house but mezcal was that something you were even familiar with as a kid yeah not at all, right? Not at all. Well, my my father is from Atotonilco, and his family, my grandfather's house was uh, close to where all 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 Don Julio the really was. So yeah. we used to walk in to grab a piece of uh, agave yeah. and, and and eat it, but not more than that. Right. You know, it was like not deep into the family. So it was a passion that I achieved working in the kitchen like the booze right the way they made the way they taste was it's like being a chef 
Yep. Combining flavors is a process. Definitely. Being a business savvy guy, did you see the financial opportunity, not for you, but for the category as well, to say, this is something I should bring that more people should be able to get access to? Yes, exactly. That you describe it, but never as a business. I see, just as a social, as a as an art form. Yep. Um, I I think in the money last. Yeah. Good. Me too. That's why I'm so, poor. I'm very poor. All the questions are how we want to make this. Yeah. And try to make the way to make it happen. But I never thinking how much money I will do doing this. Right. So the motivation is never the green paper. So that's very important in my life is the consequences can be a good business, but not the final um, destination. Right. I mean, that's, you're an artist. Artists don't make money, <laughs> but they think about how to create. And to be honest, also, for I, I like good things in life, mm. so I work hard to also get access to that things. Right. And also, when you cook and you are a waiter or when you work in the service and food and restaurants, you drink good wine, you eat good food, so sure. you cannot change that. It's like something that once you try it, it's, the, it's impossible to quit to the, the you get, to that. That's, like, the good, that's the good life, right? You've you got some set of standards now. So I, expending time and money in good food or, or good booze or good wine, I, I never feel like bad in my wallet. Yeah. So Always worth it. Yeah, it's always worth it. I agree. Yeah. And he's... So, so then Mezcal, so you bring Alapus. I bring Alipus in 2008 to Guadalajara and many others. So that gave me a chance to visit places, um, make friendships mm. in, in different states, and also give me the chance to see the opportunity of Raisilla. Now, Raisilla was always there in our minds because being from Jalisco, in the, when you start going out for camping with your friends in the mountains, you more than once buy in a plastic bottle of Brasilla yeah. because it was cheap yeah. and available and you get waste. <laughs> so Brasilla was there. Yeah. Is it, it kind of like the, it, it, it's part of the community? It's part of some, not everybody, but the, if you have the chance to go out to the mountains yeah. and spend a weekend, in a camping or in the forest. So you're close to that villages where that's happened and, and then more than once you drink it. Yeah. And you know there is, but you know you don't know what to do with that, you know? Yeah. Until you build a little business of distribution of mezcal and then you have a restaurant and one day you thought, what happened if I bring Raisilla as a house mezcal? Because we know it's mezcal. Yeah. So I'm going to start just taking the car, inviting some friends and do scouting, like arriving to the town, knocking doors and asking people in the street, you know who sells Raisilla, you know who produces Raisilla. And in the beginning, the people get scary, like, who are you? Why are you asking? Apprehensive. 
Like, yeah. you know, sometimes the, the wives of the producers, because they're in home, open just a little window and say, <laughs> do you want ricilla? Yes. I, I, somebody told me that you sell ricilla here and then just give me a, a, a little shot from the window like, okay, try <laughs> This is the ricilla we made. And, but we didn't have a reference. Like, yeah. how you know if it's good or if it's bad? Yeah. It wasn't like a... Were they, what was it that they were, they were wary of you or that they, it was an underground cool thing that they didn't... They, for a long time, nobody outside the towns yeah. asking I for see. ICG. So it's a suspicious, automatically. It was a suspicious, like a guy yeah. that obviously outsider yeah, yeah. just came to the town and say, who makes ricea? Like, how did you win them over, in a way? Were you just persistent? They're like, okay, this guy keeps showing up. No, I found Ruben, the first guy that I made, um, the first guy that I worked with in, a, in, in the project of La Venenosa. And he was very, and he is very short talk person, mm -hmm. serious as shit. Serious. But he's very open. So he's a hard dude. So he opened the door uh -huh. and said, welcome, try it. Wherever you can. Like, welcome in his house without right. any... Heart, like feelings of because he wasn't like he wasn't hospitable right he was just kind of like bring all right yeah hospitable and, like, a, and a very confident and a matter of fact tried this and yeah. tried that like so before decide who has it the best ricea we having a a human approach and i decide to work with him because his human qualities yeah, and I don't care about the quality of the ricilla that he makes, you know, because you like him. I like him, and because he opened the doors too. It was like a, a really nice moment, and it was I was really good luck <laughs> because <laughs> it was good ricilla. <laughs> it was good ricilla, but also in that moment he was open different containers, and in in one of these uh, ricillas he put it in a glass and, and give me to me, look it to my eyes and say, you know what is this? And I was very septic, so like I make a sip and I was guessing this is from Agave and he said, right, you're right. You have a good palate. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. <laughs> really? <laughs> because they... They, say, they, they call agave for the blue weather. Right. And the Maximiliana is lechuguilla for them. Yeah, yeah. So for me, coming from the city, you know, I was trying to find the variety of agave that that was. Yeah. But with not clue at all. <laughs> so the circumstances saved me. Yeah. And he started respecting me, the palate that I have. Uh, so... Say, so oh, you know, you know. No? <laughs> Sometimes it just takes like dropping a varietal name, doesn't it? <laughs> say, oh, this is very tannic. And then, so, how do you recognize it was an agave? <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> what should I answer? So I'm just playing around. You know? <laughs> you, but you were meant to be there. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of, yes, definitely. I don't believe in the. the Coincidences, yeah. you know, it's, it's more like an, um, you take decisions yeah. and you have consequences.
That's exactly it. Yeah. So now, La Venenosa has been in America for four years, I think Eric said. Almost to the day, four years, actually. Yep. He said, I think he said it was September 23rd or so. Yep. Four years. Four years. Are you surprised with how people have embraced it? This idea of you knocking door to door and somehow soliciting Ricea, and now it is, La Venenosa is the premiere. Rysia it is the premiere. In America. And in, um, I'm not surprised because, again, we've worked hard. Yeah. So you expect a good result because we are not waiting for the things to happen. Yeah. So we go through the things to, to make it happen. Right. Like, we work for that. Even if we have a very short budget and we start from nothing... And I steal the profits of my restaurants to invest it in the in the Raisilla project right, for right. almost four years. And the wife getting crazy, like, <laughs> again, a crazy idea of you. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, this is when it gets funny, then. <laughs> like, now, now it's like, you're spending all the money in this project, like, nobody knows Raisilla, come on. Like, I know. <laughs> well, not so. Not only do you have one, like, if I can just try to imagine what your wife's thinking, one lame brain idea. How dare you know this this idea? So that's one. But then I exchange the idea. Like, okay, she's more open to it now. I will sell restaurants. I will concentrate in this. I will spend the money that I uh, save in the in the sales of my partnerships, yeah. and just put it effort on this. You know. And that moment also family was growing, a baby coming. So, yeah. you know, the restaurant business is hard. Yeah. It's like 24 hours. And we're not getting any younger. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, so why things are going good? You've got some restaurant. I, I don't have any restaurant. Not, not now, right? No. Yeah. But I, have, I have one year um, without Totally without. Totally out. We just have a uh, tasting room, 400 rabbits that has been around from 2010 oh, yeah. until now. Different venues, but now it's it's just receiving reservations. I see. So it's very easy to handle it because if I'm around or I have the ability, I'm just say yes. If I'm not around yeah. or I'm not available to do it, I'm just say no, and I don't have the stress to. Keep it open every day. Yeah. So it's on your own schedule. You get yeah. to make your own schedule, which is Ex great. Exactly. But then it does beg the question, okay, great. Well, you've got Raisia covered. You're the guy, the premier brand. Mm -hmm. Now you have a thumbprint to leave on the Mezcal world as well now. As we experienced last night, which the Texas launch of the room base. Yeah. Six states of Mezcal. I understand that you need to keep doing things, but was Mezcal just the next logical expansion of it? Um, let me do the timeline of the project. Yeah. So, 2009, I started buying Raizilla for my places without the brand. Mm. 2010, we started thinking in making the brand and make it more like uh, serious bigger right because also we realized that buying 20 liters from the producer and selling it in your place is not enough to keep the expenses of the families running exactly right 
So even if they sell another hundred liters in their community, there is not enough money to just do that. Right. So you have to scale into the reality of their expenses to see how many liters you have to sell and in what price to make them pay the bills and also to make you pay your bills. Right. So you got to go bigger. You have to go bigger because they can, they can go bigger and they want to go bigger yeah. and, and they want to live proper doing the things that they love. Of course. As, Who doesn't? As we all, yeah. as we love to do. And I lost the point. <laughs> 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 Where are we going? Ah, the timeline and, and why the rumbes and when. So I get the registration of the brand La Venenosa in 2011 uh, from the Mexican government. So it's legally a brand yeah. from 2011. And working in 400 Rabbits in the first venue, open for public. Um, the beginning, in the latest months of 2011 and all the beginning of 2012, uh, Sergio Mendoza called me and said, I have a guy who wants to invest in a brand of mezcal. Yeah. But I'm being like more in the, in the tequila and I, 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 he's a pretty busy guy. I thought on you, like, do you want to make the brand with us? Yeah. And I said, I don't know. I, I've been in the mezcal for, Four years now, I know a lot of people, I have a lot of friends, producers. More than once crossed my mind to op to do my own brand of mezcal. Right. But I took the more complicated way that it was making the Reisilla brand. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the best thing. You get all the difficult stuff out of the way. So, yes, it's, a, it's my nature, truly. I love the challenges. But I didn't have the money to make my own brand of mezcal at that moment, yeah. you know, because I was building Raicilla. Right, right. It makes a lot of, needed a lot of love and needed a lot of, uh, not a lot, but all the cash I could sure. put it on there. And because we buy it, all the liquid, every single drop, and we give it for free a lot, you know, just sampling, sample, sampling, sample, yeah. sampling, sampling. So it was a really good chance to do that idea in my mind that has been running to make a brand of mezcal but without risking my own well, money yeah sure and uh with a really good partnership that it was sergio with all his distribution net from don fulano yeah and a guy that i i never meet at that moment that wants to invest the money to to do it so Sergio makes an appointment for the investor and myself to meet. He wasn't there. And fun. You liked it? You liked he's, it? A, he's a good dude? Ghosting of my wife. Oh, no. Did you know that? <laughs> no. Oh, what? <laughs> it's like we saw each other. Like we spent like 10 minutes and, and he say, I know you. I say, I know you too. Like, <laughs> I think I go... I, I mean, I was in your wedding. <laughs> yes, I know you now. Oh, like, man. Yeah. Did that make it easier? A lot easier. Yeah. yeah. I bet. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's family, right? It's family. So it was also like 
okay, I'm not going to put my money in someone that I don't know. Right. <laughs> it make it easy for both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. So now... It's meant to be. <laughs> was faithful. Again. You said coincidence, right? Like, but with the consequences and all that, but yep. it is. That's how these things all Exactly. So many years ago was that now? 2012. 2012. Yeah, in the beginning. So at the middle... Um, in the middle of 2012, we started launching uh, the Oaxaca expression. Okay, which is 70% espadín, 30% tobala. In the beginning, it was 100% espadín. Oh, it was, okay. Yep. But um, that expression now is just an ensemble. I see. Which is, is beautiful to take. It is out. beautiful. It's prototypical, beautiful Oaxaca mezcal. Yep. You know. We start with one, obviously, and we try it doing the marketing things and, and sending. We start with Australia. Oh, really? Yeah. And then Europe and Asia. Yeah. We're in Singapore, Hong Kong. Amazing. And um, I think the latest was the States. <laughs> We're the last. It's so strange, isn't it? It is strange. And we feel in some point that the market in the States was burning too many brands saturated yeah and we were like a little skeptical of how and when to to try to to go through the states and the and fact that you guys do it six states that's what is particularly interesting for me yep. because obviously most of the stuff and you talked about it yesterday the most biodiversity comes out of oaxaca so thusly most of the mezcals come there but you, you know, some of these pictures you showed from San Luis Potosí, for instance, using a, an agave press. I mean, I, I told people today, I told no less than five people, like, dude, check this shit out. They're using a press to get the juice of the agave. I mean, you now have this very textured, very, very vivid, art, artistic kind of vision that you can say. It's like, I've got six places, six different personalities, six different styles, six different terroir. That is a compelling if nothing else, a compelling marketing story, right? No, and the logistics. Oh, I can't even imagine. And <laughs> the personal relationship with each of the producers. Because they're all different. Like they're different all different, different and different realities and different needs. And, um, you know, something, different personalities, bro. This is everything I can say. So it has been a, a beautiful social challenge yeah. in a... Where do you guys bottle? I was thinking about we, that last night. We bottle everything in Guadalajara. Okay, okay. Because when we get the certification to be bottled, it wasn't uh, permitted by the NOM. I see. To be outside the appellation of origin and bottle certificate mezcal. I got you, okay. So we need to, to buy the certificate mezcal and then make an, a trans, like move it from one place to another. Right. And then... One guys of the CRM came over facilities to open the tanks and do Dang. all the shit. Yeah, that's crazy how. But it was, it, it was the easiest because in the beginning was send bottles to Oaxaca, send stoppers, send labels, send right. boxes, and then pick the product back to Guadalajara because it was selling together with Don Fulano Tequila yeah. or with La Venenosa in a same pallet or same container to any of our customers. It was going and back. This is much easier. Send everything to San Luis, send everything to Michoacán, 
It was crazy. Yeah. So it was easier for us to bring the things together and make it in a single place. Yeah. It makes logistically, financially, all of that makes yep. a lot of sense. Well, so then, you know, one might ask, he's done things with Ricea, he's done things with Mescal. That seems like enough. You know, that's good. That's a good amount of effort. Your wife's probably like, oh, this is great. But no. Number three, you have a Sotol it's a, as well, right? Is this your I project think it's, too? Yes. And it, I, it's, it's my project. With, but I think in the, at the end of the day, all this is um, um, a little uh, share of my passion of Mexico. Right. Of the respect and the admiration that I have. It's a love letter. Yeah, for the people that leave doing this. And I think that that's the best reason to do it. In a way, chronicle their love, chronicle the passion, help share that. And every single part of Mexico has a different point of view, reality, geographically, weather. So, it's a net. If there is not an experience inside the bottle, if, w if I don't find an experience in that liquid, there is no reason to be bottled it. Right. So all these lines, like maybe seven in the collection of Raisillas, all La Venenosa because Tucci is not Raisilla, and the six Mezcals and the three Sotols, I think all are completely different to each other. And every single one has uh, something to, to talk about it. Yeah. And, and it's not effective as a business perspective because every time I need to spend the profits in a new project. <laughs> 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 so I've been working with a lot of passion for the past 10 years. Yeah. But again, the problem is, as I don't think in money, as the result of all this effort, right. <laughs> I'm always using the money to bring new things in, into the market. But it's Leguera? Eh? Leguera. Leguera. Leguera Sotol. So three Sotol, same producer, but three different varietals, yes. right? I think that's exactly. an incredible thing. And I know that it hasn't maybe officially launched in Texas yet, but it it's is. here. It I mean, is it's here. It We've is. had it, is. it, you know, which is kind of an incredible thing. I saw it in, a, in Austin Wine Merchant today. Yeah. yeah. And um, in other uh, stores that we've been in, uh, and some barbacks too. Yeah, it's. I mean, you got no less than five bottles behind many of these bars. And it was fun. the The, the truth behind the Liguera is, um, I opened an Italian market in 2014 to like oh, yeah. a, a direct 15. Sure. A Compagnia del Caraibi is the name of the company. They asked me for Raisilla, and then they asked me for Sotol. They asked you for, okay. Uh, hey, do you know any, like, so tall that you can help us to uh, put in contact? Mm -hmm. And I have a really good relationship with uh, Jacob Jackis. Yes, great guy. Of Don Cuco. And I call him and say, hey, Jacob, uh, somebody wants the so tall in Chihuahua. You want to sell it? And he explained some issues about the brand yeah. and family things. I don't want to go deep in there sure, because sure, it's yeah, not yeah. my family. So to don't make it longer, say, I can make the liquid for you, but I don't want to sell Don Cuco. I see. I don't know if it's cool to say it. 
No, no. <laughs> I, we talk and I make sure I interview him and talk to him about this too because I want to get his perspective. I don't know. I don't one. know. And and so I have it. I have the brand Ligera in my in 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 already registered yeah, yeah, for yeah. something. For something. <laughs> So I don't want it to lose the chance to sell because when somebody wants to buy, you have to sell. Yeah. It's what the, the, the law says, right, you know? Right. <laughs> so, and he offered me to make the liquid and uh, I just started moving fast with the designer and friends, like doing the image. Yeah. And we resolved that part. We sent pictures, we sent samples. They say yes, and we start selling to Italy. Soto, Leguera, 2000. 15 wow. because of this right like that they just asked for it yeah, yeah. they asked for it <laughs> and um so in the f we keep the relation for another like two years three years and then he signed some contracts with ochocientos with right, por right, siempre right. so i decided to move out of that distillery right because it was complex and we keep in a super good terms is my Bro, yeah. like I consider him very good friend, and I I was talking with Gerardo to the chances that he has to keep going the the project of Liguera. Yeah, and one day I'm, I was researching, reading about Sotol and and how many varieties they have, and read they have like sixteen varieties. So I called Gerardo and said, Hey, do you ever? isolated varieties and to make the batches for each one to see how they taste and he said right away yes i have some batches of different sotols oh that's great but he never used it like that yeah yeah but they have it so i said can you send me samples and send me samples of three like leofilum cedrosanum gallery and it was completely different one to each other but obviously with a very limited reference that we have in Sotol, every time you open a bottle and serve you a sip, yeah. you can realize it's Sotol. Yeah, absolutely. But you don't go further. This, no, I had all three the other night. No, it's, you're right. That's but now also uh, Ricardo Pico bring a very interesting collection with the Atlantic. terroir yeah. things. But also at that moment, he was in the develop of the project without launching it. And uh, it was just different timing. So I, I worked in the, in the graphic design for all these three varieties of Sotol. And I sent it to Arik and said, okay, this is the next step for Ligera. Do you interested? And, uh, and he said, yes, I'm interested. I'm ready to bring a Sotol. Yeah. And I love the image and I love the concept. Can you send me samples and try the liquid? And... He fell in love with the three ones, and so that's amazing that the brand has been growing. So the image from Sotoligera in Europe is different, but next year it will be the same, like all, all, all the markets. How, how do you feel there's Texas Sotol now? I know I'm guilty of that a little bit, right? I've, no, no, but, no, but no, it, Which no, is no. good, but I've, I've heard lot of, lot of, lots of opinions on it, but how do you feel about Texas making a Sotol that is typically a Let's Mexican? Talk of categories. Sure. Uh, you can make whiskey everywhere. Right. You can make gin everywhere. Yeah. You can make vodka everywhere. And why you cannot make agave spirits or sotol 
everywhere. Mm. You know? I have no problem with it. I, I don't have a problem. I think if South Africa brings their uh, agave spirit into the market, if India brings that agave spirit, if the guys in the Mediterranean Sea bring their agave yeah. spirits into the market, they will push us to be better. They will push us to be more clear sure. in our market. They will push us to compete and to keep safe the things that we build building. Yeah. So but you think it's a good thing for competition? It, it is. It is a f amazing. It's not just good. It's amazing. Yeah. Keeping us at a higher level of play. I, I, can, I, I want to imagine the guys of the Scotch when the Japanese start launching an right, amazing right. quality whiskey. It's like, fuck, dude. If we don't do something, <laughs> let's move our ass. Yeah. Like, we need to keep our market kind of a thing. I think so. you're right. And and then single malt start taking again some parts of the of the market as a premium whiskey yeah. with a little more specific uh, facts in their labels and in the way they uh, smoke and in the way they age and the finish they do. Yeah. So the competition is always good. I'm glad for, to hear you say that. For 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 the markets, for the for the for the producers. Right. So if we sit in ourselves, like in the confident and in the laziness of, yeah, we can do whatever because we own Sotol, because we own Mezcal, because we own Tequila, soon it gets lazy. Oh, right. And you can get down in the quality that you have. Yeah. Because nobody's going to steal you comfort, your comfort place. It's a sense of entitlement. In a so way. I'm... I'm glad. Good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm super glad to see other companies bringing things yeah. in the discussion and in the market. Yeah, I think that's a good. I, I'm glad to hear because it's a. It's always a very interesting topic. Lots of people have different kinds of feelings on it, so it's good. I, I agree. Don't uh, don't shackle people because we, we can all make it right. Uh, some people can argue about using names yeah. of describe it. I even don't care. Yeah, if they wanted to call mezcal. Obviously, it's going to be impossible uh, because we have this hard feeling of owning right. words. <laughs> but uh, I have a feeling that the future for industry is yeah. going to be agave spirits. I think so, too. Be, you know, someday maybe we get to work on something together. That'd be it's, pretty it's, it's not anymore the name. Yeah. But it's brilliant, and I'm glad to hear you say that as yeah. a creative so you've had a beautiful trip so far. You're off to San Antonio tomorrow. You know, we were out not too late last night, but talking about Mexico, talking about things. So I got two questions left for you. And you're off to San Antonio next, so you normally that's a question I'll ask you. Where are you off to next? But you're going there tomorrow, which would be great. First time in 25 years, which is, which is <laughs> great, right? But the, the last two questions I have for you, you know, you mentioned something last night I think was really important. And you're a visible guy, but you don't necessarily want to be at the forefront of the voice of agave. You want to do the work and work in the fields and work with the people. Is that kind of correct where it's like you would rather do the work than just talk about it? I think in the, in the journey of doing this, you learn many things. Yeah. And in the beginning, you want to build your name. Yes. 
I want to be an opinion leader. Yes. Yeah. I want to be a voice. Yes, I want to be in the newspapers. Yes, I want to be in the magazines. Right. Yes, you know, it's the natural of human being to be on front. Right. And somehow, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> you matured? Maybe, yes. Yeah. And, but I want to do the things that I love. And being in the magazine is not the things that I love. <laughs> it's just an <laughs> illusion for a moment. Sure. But also... You don't want to sell more if you are opinionated. You, you don't want to uh, grow your brand to be opinionated. You, you don't grow your relationship with the producers that you love and the families that you care and because being opinionated. Yeah. You have to opinate when you have the chance to sit like today and somebody asks you a question. So we share information but not to try to keep the lights on your face. I see. It's a community here. And I think that one of the things I've really been impressed with, and I had a conversation with someone today who's looking to do other kinds of social projects in Texas and stuff, and I said, you know, the thing that most impressed me about being in this industry and something I'm very thankful for are people like you, people like our, people like Sergio. They are transparent. They're passionate. They're artists. And we just can get along and we can just enjoy the fruits of this labor, which is the spirits, is the food, and the conversation. I think we, as an industry and consumers, we forgot that we call these spirits because they touch the spirit yeah. and also they extract the spirit of the materials and the fruits and the grains and the plants that they use for this. Yeah. So it's, an, it's a legal drug. But you get intoxicated, and these drugs touch you and, and takes you to uh, different places. So I also invited the people to be more conscious about the intoxication with alcohol and go through the intoxication as a conversation with the spirit that they're yeah. drinking. That's a good point, too. I like it. I just wanted to share that. Like no, I, I think that's very important. And, you know, the thing is, it's hard for me because there's so much to talk to you about. There's bound to be a book that you need to write about your life and your projects but this last question i've got for you is maybe a little easier right i want to pick the the room best from san luis potosi i think it's an exceptional spirit and it's one that really sticks out in my mind when i first had it when i was in europe so let's say you're sipping that at 400 rabbits and you can have a conversation with anybody living or deceased who might like who might you like to sit at that bar and just have a conversation with? <laughs> oh. <laughs> with the San Luis Potosí? Yeah. Because that frames the character a little bit differently, I think. Mm. <clears throat> so many people come to my mind. Like, I enjoy to talk with people. Then. Yeah. But... I don't know if I would love to spend that moment sharing this mezcal and talking about everything with Thomas or ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's a great be I think yeah Thomas is a 
It's a person who knows how to listen. It's a person to know how to talk. <laughs> yeah. And so for he enthusiast enthusiast yeah. about spirits and life is contagious. Yes. So he's very happy to share new things with because they make you feel you are in the correct way. Yeah. One of my favorite people in the world. I had the pleasure of spending good time with him. Yeah. And you want to spend he's, time he's, with he's him. Like an, um, he's like Godfather. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. It's From the business, in the restaurant business, right. before right. getting into the booth. Like, he was an amazing customer. Yeah. Of Gulala and my places. He bring an amazing people to dinner there, to cook there. So it's long, long, yeah, nice relationship. So he's Makes nice. Sense. Yeah, the love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm really thankful we finally got to do this and sit down. And I can't wait to visit. I'll, I'll visit you soon enough here, probably next month. And what you've done with the three projects, even if it's Thank a you. family, which it is, they all have this unique and vivid and vibrant personality. And they have changed the discussion. They've changed the narrative. They've introduced us to flavors we never thought we would have ever been able to experience. So you've done that. Now, yep. I know there's the producers, and I thank everybody that's involved. Yep. But, dude, come on. This is a great project. Yeah, we, I define myself as a bridge. Yeah. It's just a bridge. A liaison, a conduit. <laughs> we, and things. Yeah, it's, it's an, a responsibility to be a bridge. Yeah. Just you have to share what the things you learn and to be very uh, conscious that the information that you you get like the information that you have is yeah. not yours it's information that somebody shared with you and your responsibility is to share that information with many people as you can you're perfect that's that's it's about us, not you, not me. It's about the community. Yep. Perfect. I hope you enjoy the rest of your stay in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm sure this has been, you know, like one of these kind of moving things, but it was so great to talk to you last night, and thank you so much for sitting down. No, I appreciated the, the space and the time, and it was great talk. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank so you very much. much. I'll see you very soon. Yeah, thank sure. You. Esteban. Well, there we have it. Mr. Esteban Morales Garibi of so many different amazing brands. And, you know, one of the things that maybe you've seen some pictures, maybe you haven't, doesn't matter, but we went with a crew of five folks and we filmed a bunch of shit in Mexico, Oaxaca and Guadalajara, talking about tequila, talking about mezcal. Ideally, we're going to do this as a TV show, but one of the, the linchpin interviews, one of the moments that was so amazing on this trip is sitting at 400 Rabbits and having this very riveting conversation about mezcal protectivism, not really being the way that it should be with mezcal, that people need to live and let live, stop being so stubborn and rigid in terms of their thinking about production and culture and things. And there's so many more nuances to mezcal. And Esteban really, really captures these things and talks about them so eloquently. And we've videotaped this interview. So even if it doesn't make it to TV or not, it'd be something that we can share with you guys that listen to the show. It's just, it's a beautiful, insightful thing. And I think this conversation is just the first chapter into the man himself talking about his passion for food and for people and going to locate this. I see it. I mean, this is an amazing story, an archaeologist of sorts. So 
Thank you so much, Esteban, for sitting down with me in Austin. Thanks so much for sitting down with me at your hometown at 400 Rabbits. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how much you plan on eating or drinking tomorrow for Thanksgiving, or if you're thinking, I really love my family, but I can only deal with them just a few days out of the year. Now, that's not true. I love you, mom and dad, brother, and so forth. Please keep dancing. <laughs>